are live at CPRS with Good News in Parks. This is wonderful. All right, you guys, this is a very serendipitous special edition of the show. Why is it special? Because we have torsos and arms. We're not just heads anymore. No, just kidding. Um, Jody and myself and our panelists um, just all happen to be here at the California Park and Rec Society Connections. And so we are here from Sacramento, California. Oh my gosh, Crazy. I'm so excited. We are live here. for this once in a lifetime experience. Um, we will hear from Stephanie Stevens, the executive director for F CPRS in just a minute, but I just wanted to extend a very, very special thank you to her and her team for helping us put this show together. We could not have done it without them. To Game Time for sending the amazing back, uh, backstage crew who is helping us put this show on. Uh, to Kent Callison, Charles Coleman, and their teams for all the work that they have done. Um, you know, I'm like the Wizard of Oz. I can do this behind the Zoom curtain, but when it comes to live, <laughs> this is a whole different ball game, people. So I wish you could see what's going on back there. It looks like a TV show. Um, and especially thank you to our guests today who you'll meet in just a moment for taking the time out of their busy schedule here at the show to be with us and to talk to all of us today. Do not forget to ask questions in the Zoom question and answer. We will be able to facilitate those. I have my very own special Vanna White, Christine backstage, who's gonna write those questions down and give them to me. So we will be able to answer your questions. Please ask them. That's one of the most fun part of the show. And without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to my co-host Jody Adams. Thank Jody. you so much, Anne-Marie. <laughs> well, this is exciting and of course we're always going to push the envelope as you know our personalities and the way we operate, but let me go ahead and introduce who we're going to have on the show today. We're going to have Steve Lawson and he is Director of Parks and Recreation of Jerupa, California Community Service uh, District, Eastvale, California. He also is the administrator of an accredited Council of Accreditation for Parks and Recreation Agencies. And we're really excited about hearing about this department and how they're going forward and operating. Steve also, his leadership ten tenure has also included City of Tempe City, uh, California, but not only that, City of Glendora, California, and also City of Corona, California. So uh, Steve is also a certified Parks and Recreation professional, so we're excited to welcome Steve on in Busy just man. a moment moment. Uh, very busy. Yeah. Sarah Reed, Community Service Director, City of Reedling, uh, California, Community Service Department. Oh my gosh, we're so excited to have Sarah. We've been waiting to have Sarah on the show. Sarah has been working for the city for 19 years. She's also, in the last two and a half years, been the lead director. And not only that, in 2020, she was a College of Health and Human Services award-winning. And also, she, in 2017, she was the uh, Kiwanis Distinguished Service Award winner. But from 2016 to 2018, Sarah served as Region 3 CPRS representatives. Uh, Sarah, can't wait to have you on the show, and, and we're going to get a lot of information from these directors. Phil Lewis, Administrator of Parks and Recreation for Casumas, uh, California. Sorry about that to that community. Uh, community Services Department. Phil's leadership tenure is, includes City of Rockland, California, uh, Oregon City, Oregon, and also North Wasso uh, County Parks and Recreation and City of Portland, Oregon. So we are really excited about having him with his extensive background of uh, Parks and Recreation. But not only that, he's a, a graduate of the NRPA Director School and the Revenue Development School. Both of those are tough ones, you know. <laughs> Folks, you've attended some of these and they're not easy to go through and pass. And then he's a certified Parks and Recreation. So again, we're excited to have Phil on, on the show today. Step Look who's on here. Is Look Stephanie who's on there. I think isn't that Stephanie Stevens? Stephanie Stevens, come on in here and join us. <laughs> Hi. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Have a seat. Come on in. Oh, my gosh. Good morning. How are you? Oh, my gosh. It's so Good. fun to be live. It's so fun to be live. Thank you so much for being here and being a part of our 75th anniversary here I at CPRS. Know. Isn't it great? It Thank is great. You. Thank you. Yes. Well, you know. So tell us, what is your most favorite part so far about the show? Um, 
it, it ha well, obviously it's the people. You know, you uh, think back to yeah. 2020. We were, at, well, actually we've made it longer this year than we did in 2020 because we had to shut down in the middle of our conference oh, thanks wow. to the pandemic. So just to be here, to be together, um, to be in each other's energy mm -hmm. has just been absolutely remarkable. Yeah. So yeah, it's gotta be the people. Awesome. Right? Awesome. Well, you've, you've not only the people, you have brought in such a stellar group yeah. of speakers, but also, I mean, we've been around here for about three days and oh my gosh, where has it gone? But you <laughs> right? have been running, <laughs> yes. you're on a sprint uh -huh. and a journey. <laughs> Definitely. But tell us what it feels like just making it through the pandemic, but you made it yeah. so easy for all of us. Well, it, you know, it helps with partners like you who are helping with education and connecting people. Uh, of course, Zoom, although we're tired of Zoom, but thank you, Zoom. <laughs> Uh, we stayed connected and, you know, uh, in 2020, we really found people came together and really did cross boundaries out of sight of their agencies uh, within their counties and their special districts and really came together and supported one another. And I think that's what CPRS is all about. That's what this profession is all about. We're all here to boost each other up and to be resilient with one another and learn from one another. So uh, that that's really what it what it is, you know, and we're here just to help facilitate that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you are an amazing executive director. Wow, I you're must very say, kind. Thank you, you. Thank you. Um, and I have heard from so many people during mm -hmm. the show how much this has meant to them to be in person again, right? to see each other, to see our smiling faces I know, again. Exactly, it's absolutely right? great. It's just been fabulous. Yeah. So thank you guys for being here and being part of this. This is so exciting to do something fun and new and different it as is well. Fun, yeah. And who would have thought about doing this? Two years ago, right? <laughs> Why not? Here we are doing it live on our show. There you stage. go. Well, so, we have some you. great stories to tell. Yes, And we it's do. our time to keep getting the information out. That's You've right. got three of your top departments on today. I'm so excited for Can't you to Can't wait them to have yes, them all exactly. on. But, you know, Stephanie, one final question. Yes. What's ahead for CPRS? What oh, do you see? We have been doing a lot of great work this last year around uh, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. Yeah. We're calling that our JEDI Council. Awesome. Uh, so we've got a lot of work ahead on that piece. Uh, we are creating a statewide membership engagement committee, a oh, statewide wow. education committee. Wow. Uh, we will be partnering with PlayCorps again to run another Healthy Play initiative. So we're very excited about that. If you can Wonderful. see all of our lovely playgrounds that we put together on the sign behind <laughs> wow. it there. So. No kidding. I know, right? So we So many great things. Uh, 75 years we're celebrating this year, and now we get to start day one of the next seven. 75 years, so we're Yay. very excited about that. And awesome. you were on the back end and you're on the front end That's of it right. all. Yes. Yeah. yes, after about a 30 hour nap and a nice foot rub, <laughs> we're going to hit the ground running next week. Oh, that so. is wonderful. That's right. Awesome. Well, thank you for stopping by today. Well, we you. really Thanks appreciate for it. Me, ladies. Enjoy oh, the rest gosh. of your day. Thank you so much. Thank right. you. Okay. And you know who we have now. I who? Look who just walked in. Okay, now are you a team or this is how you all organize this? Jane Adams, come on Yay. in here with the American Academy. The um, thank you, Steph. Hi, Jane. Jane, welcome. welcome. This is like the Today Show. I know. <laughs> You're too I'm kind. so excited. <laughs> you know, this is just amazing. We have two. One, the retired director of CPRS and just had the current. But not only that, Jane, you're the executive director of the American Parks and Recreation right. Academy right. And, of administrators. And, you know, you have done some great work in your in your tenure. But you. you have been a great leader for many of us well, that are a member. I really want you to jump right in and tell us about the academy. Of course, I'd love to. And I have notes so I don't forget anything important. Absolutely. <laughs> First of all, though, I do want to thank PlayCorps uh, for sponsoring this Good News in Parks. I know it has been really rough for many um, professionals, mm -hmm. and so this has just been a bright start. So. Thanks. Much appreciation. Much appreciation. So the Academy, the Academy, well, it's called the American Academy for Park and Recreation Administration. Big name. So we use the Academy. Was founded in 1980 by a, tw a group of around 25 
very experienced parks and recreation professionals. Many of them had been NRPA presidents, and they wanted to stay involved. They wanted to continue to contribute to the advancement of this profession. Absolutely. And so they formed the academy to continue to do that. Mm -hmm. So we have a very long history, but I want to highlight just a couple of programs. But before I do that, I should talk about our four purposes, right? So we want to advance knowledge about the administration of parks mm -hmm. and recreation. We promote a broad understanding of parks and recreation to the public. Our third one is to encourage scholarly efforts. And our fourth one is to conduct research and publish scholarly papers and then to host seminars. Absolutely. So those are our four goals. So I can share more if we have time. Please do. Sure. <laughs> okay. Please do. But, so the first thing I want to share is going something, an exciting opportunity that's happening right now. The Academy sponsors what we call externships, and those uh, young professionals between 35 and younger may apply for an externship with the Academy. What that means is the Academy will uh, pay their NRPA conference registration to Phoenix. Oh, excellent. And then we will also give them up to $1,000 for travel expenses. Wow. Oh, what wow. What a wonderful that opportunity. I know, fantastic. I know. It's very cool. So we have four externs uh, opportunities this year, and two of them are the Ernest T. Atwell Diversity Scholarships. Oh, so wow. we are particularly looking for young professionals from diverse backgrounds. That's Great. Awesome. So we're very excited about that. And how do people sign up? Or how do how do we hook young professionals great, in with great, that opportunity? Great, great. I'm going to say this a lot. Visit <laughs> aapra.org. <laughs> so we have the extern program. The application is on our website, and it's an online application, and so it's pretty easy to apply. Well, that's now, fabulous. Now, the important part about that is that applications must be received by April 15th. Okay. After that, then we make decisions and the um, externs are awarded. Great. So it's, Great. it's a really good program. And I think the real value of the externship program is that at the NRPA conference, the extern is assigned an academy member and they spend the day with that academy member and they go to the same sessions, they go to the same meetings, and they're introduced to the professionals that the academy member knows. Oh, so it is oh, an amazing way to, it, you know, to broaden their network yeah. and we've got externs that have gotten been involved with the program so we have buddies so we have an extern is given a buddy to help them excellent kind of work through the program and then we have um so we have a long history of this extern program that's wonderful so yeah it's pretty exciting it's really exciting. <coughs> excuse me and then we have another program for young professionals which is called our mentoring program okay and that one is through zoom our conference calls through emails and hopefully in-person opportunities like now that <laughs> conferences are coming back mm -hmm, online, right, right? Right. And so this one, the uh, mentorship lasts for six months. And this year we have paired 123 mentors with their mentee. Wow. Wow. That's over 200, almost 250. It's the biggest program uh, we've ever had this wow. year. And so there's no cost to uh, participate in the mentorship program, which is which is the good news about it. Um, <clears throat> And some some of the mentors and mentees have continued to stay together for years. That's for great. years. Oh, so that's the applications for that have has closed for 2022, but we will be starting the application process again next winter. Okay, fantastic, so, wonderful. And and again, visit aapra.org. <laughs> That'll work. All right. And the last thing I want to talk about is our National Gold Medal Award program. Absolutely. Yes. <sighs> this is such a great program, and so it recognizes excellence in Parks and Recreation Administration. And this program is governed and administered by the Academy. Yes. In close partnership with the National Recreation and Park Association mm -hmm. and proudly sponsored by Musco Lighting. Great. So Wonderful. this program has been around for quite a long time. I think a really critical part of this is that there's no membership requirement. So an agency does not have to be an NRPA member. They don't have to be an academy member. They don't even have to be a member of their state affiliate. This is open to any public park and recreation agency in the country, as well as military installations worldwide. Right. And then every other year we do state parks. So this year Excellent. is a state park, not a state park year. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Um, we have five population categories for the public agencies, and then the armed forces recreation are all in one, one, one main category. 
So we give, um, in each of the categories, there is a finalist is chosen. So four finalists is chosen in each population category. Excellent. And then our judges reconvene and they select a grand plaque recipient and those are awarded at the NRPA conference in Phoenix. That's great. So Jane, big, this is wonderful. I know, but a big question I really want to try to answer or share with everyone this morning is that the gold medal program is not, I repeat, is not about that shiny new aquatic facility. That's it is right. not about yes. the sports field. It is about what are you doing with the resources that you have available to you. Exactly. Yeah. And so we're looking for impact. We're looking for impact. So how do you demonstrate the results of your efforts? And these, uh, so we ask questions about what are you doing to um, improve inclusivity and, inclusivity and equity and access Absolutely. for all? How are you promoting health and wellness? How are you communicating with your decision makers, your business partners, your mm -hmm. community members? How are you communicating with your own internally, with your own staff? So there's 10 essay questions that an agency has to answer. Excellent. And then we also ask for an update of your strategic plan, progress report on that, and your master plan. Oh, That's fantastic. Great. Now, the important part about this is that the deadline for that closes on March 25th. Wow. Okay, you still have time. That's they still right. have time. Yeah. Everybody still has time. And you do have the information, <laughs> folks. You may not realize, but in your agency, you have the answers to these questions. Do not hesitate to apply for this award. I know. It's a great way to kind of do an internal assessment of how well you're doing. Absolutely. And I would encourage you, if you want to apply for a gold medal, to bring in the brightest and the best people on your team. And, and you can get the uh, essay questions off of, guess what, www.aapra.org. That's what and we need. And <laughs> you can look at the questions before you even apply, and you can have staff conversations about how do you think you would answer those questions? Fantastic. So, Take yeah. some time. And probably so. some really good learning from people that have already gotten the award. Absolutely. It's very good. Yeah. And a lot of the agencies who have received the finalist plaque, which mm -hmm. is also an quite an honor, sure. as well as the grand plaque recipients. They talk about how this has really brought their team closer together, oh, yeah. how it has elevated oh, yeah. the value of their department to their community, and how much pride is generated by having this award. That's Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Jane, it's been a pleasure to have you I'm on I'm so today. excited. Everybody's in Sacramento, and it's so wonderful to see I people know, like, you're home. I know. Absolutely. I know. Well, and you know, Jane, over the, the last few months, we've been having a lot of questions about gold medal and yeah. some of these programs. So again, we needed, we're in your backyard. So this is Absolutely. fantastic. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. You. Thank you. Good seeing you, Anne-Marie. Yeah. Jody, thanks a lot. From the heart. Okay. Yeah. See you Love all you. later. Bye-bye. All Jane. right, Jane, thank you. All right, great. All right. Let's bring our guests in. Yes, and we. Oh, oh hope that was down. Or you're all probably deaf. <laughs> Sorry right about now. that. We apologize for that. <laughs> it's live, That's and <laughs> we're going to live it all. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, we have just a couple of things I want to mention to you real quick. Um, we have some good news, national news, real quick. So what we've got, folks, is March 24th, um, from 1 to 2:15. This is so important for your departments with the Land and Water Conservation Funds. We have actually got organized some, uh, it's called a roadmap to successful assessing um, the funds through Land and Water Conservation Funds. And this is going to be with NARSLO, who are the actual state agents yeah. that actually administer this fund for the National Parks and Recreation. Um, uh, well, actually, National Park Service. But this is going to be very important. There's going to be three of these, uh, March 20th. 24th, then there'll be one in April and one in, in uh, May. So go to playcore.com, go under at events to register for this free webinar. The second one is uh, City Park Alliance is going to host a workshop for partnerships, and that's going to be on March 30th. Make sure you go to cityparkalliance.org to register for that. So a lot of resources, a lot of, a 
lot of financing Absolutely. resources and yeah. partnerships. So yeah. and we I need can to tell get you that. that webinar series. I mean, if you've ever, if you've never applied for land and water conservation, oh. it can be really confusing. And so I think that's going to be a great resource for people to be able to work through that and figure out how to get those funds. And you know, Amory, you hit it. We're here to help. That's right. That's yeah. what this it's show's all about. about. Good news. It is it's good news. It's a show by us for us. Yes. So just so that you guys know, since we introduced our panel earlier, um, sitting closest to Jody here, we have Steve. Sarah is in the. I'm sorry, Phil. <laughs> sorry about quite that. all right. Sarah is in the middle, and that's Steve on the end there. All, all right, right. Let's do this. Okay, here we go. And these are the questions from you. Let us remind you, when you fill out that survey, it's critical for us. That's where we stay relevant. That's where we get our questions. Yeah. So make sure and keep filling out those uh, great surveys for the show. Today's topic has been an important and ongoing topic during the pandemic. And we want to address it now with our audience. What programs and events are producing revenues for your department? And Steve, let's start with you because yes. um, you have a tremendous department that does a lot. Yes, we do. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as a community services district, we don't we, we differ from cities, mm -hmm. counties, and, and townships, and so forth in that we don't receive uh, general fund monies to help subsidize our, our recreation and community services programs. Our park maintenance side of things. We do receive uh, tax assessments to handle that, but we don't receive that on the uh, uh, recreation community services side. So it's a challenge to our team to be innovative, to be creative, to ensure that we can, uh, at the end of the fiscal year, balance yeah. our budget with 100% cost recovery. Wow. So that's a challenge. So um, we're constantly trying to, like I said, to, to find innovative ways to, to raise revenues. And looking at our current situation, there's three program areas that I feel that we're, we're doing really well in generating revenue. Uh, the first is our, uh, it's, it's uh, called KidZone. It's a before and after school uh, program, for a child care program. And we offer it at five different elementary schools within um, our uh, district. Yeah. And uh, right now we're at a maximum of about 50 um, participants due to COVID and whatnot. Pre-COVID, we're at over 100 per site. So wow. teams still doing an excellent job, um, you know, filling it. And, and there's still that need. It's just some staffing challenges is getting more staff, I'm sure, as everyone's experiencing. And just the, complying with the county regulations for COVID, which thankfully are starting to lessen a little bit. So we're going to incrementally increase that uh, um, max or the participation. Our, our second revenue generating program that I, I'm really happy about right now is our contract class program. We offer over 75 different contract classes. Um, currently and through a um, revenue sharing agreement with our contract instructors, usually a 70-30 or 60-40 mm -hmm. split, um, we've been able to generate um, a lot of revenue for the last year and a half. Even during the pandemic, we were creative and doing outdoor programming. Um, and right now, it just seems to be the community is, is wanting to get back to some normalcy and, and get involved in anything from cooking to exercise to gaming. So really, really happy about that. And then finally, uh, the last revenue generating program that uh, we're real pleased with right now is our field reservations. So we have 15 parks uh, or 15 ball fields, a lot of open turf area, and uh, the travel ball teams, uh, youth soccer uh, nice. um, club teams yeah. are just yeah. coming out of the woodwork to, to, to reserve. So we allow them to do so as long as it doesn't affect our, we call our big three, um, AYS, our Empire Soccer, which is like AYSO, Little League, and then Girls Softball. So, so we're fortunate. Um, the team's working really hard to continue that revenue stream and just trying to be as creative as possible. Well, you know, thank you for sharing the percentages. Of course. Because we get questions all the time. You know, how are those partnerships or those contracts or anything? Sure. How do those percentages really look? Sure. And you just answered that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Sarah, your turn. Take all it away. All right. Yes. Uh, so I work for a city municipality. So, of course, our revenue generators are our rentals and then our program fees. And so three stood out to me as, as being consistent through um, just our restricted times and then also mm -hmm. moving into the future so I kind of echo what Steve says and that's our contracted classes our offices are located at the community center so it's very easy for us to fill up that space um, by hiring yeah. an instructor who do, does a specialty um, and being in a small town it also is a benefit to our residents that they don't have to go out of our boundaries right. go to the larger cities because those specialty items are coming to us um, and we offer them on a consistent basis so it's just a good revenue stream. 
Um, the second one is our aquatics program. We're one of the only cities that has year-round programming. Wow. So even in 39 degrees, um, we still have those die-hard water aerobics ladies. So that's an instructor course and gentlemen, of course. Um, so we have a strong instructor who has a good following. We offer lap swim. So during times that the other facilities are closed, people are coming to us. Um, through our joint use, it's actually a school district pool. So it's great for us. We pay a fee, but then we're the community's way to get into this beautiful facility. Um, the last one is our senior programming. Um, since the um, pandemic, we have had to close our lunch program, oh, and so yeah. we've really taken the opportunity to do other things in that space. And so we have been offering programs that we haven't done in the past for seniors, and we put fees to those to cover our cost, right? And so that has just been a phenomenal revenue generator for us because there's so much enthusiasm behind yeah. the seniors coming out and doing yeah. this stuff um, that we're just trying a lot of new things. Um, another thing that I think really helps us is at the end of every program, we do a finance sheet. So we know what were our expenditures, what were our revenue, and then yeah, every man. year, we're evaluating our fees. So we have incrementally been increasing those along the way, um, looking at what, what the costs are that it takes to run those. Um, and one of the big drivers over the last few years was minimum wage, right? Oh, the majority yes. of our employees receive the minimum wage. So I think by evaluating our fees every year, knowing what it's costing us to do stuff, it just keeps helping those revenues move forward. Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you addressed the minimum wage because that has affected departments across the country. But you know what? The workforce has been a little challenge, and we all know that, hasn't it? So we have addressed that on some shows, but we know that. And, and you know, minimum wage... It, it's it probably we can be a leader in some of that yeah. it's tough on us but we can be a leader especially with our part-time seasonal that is so smart to reevaluate every single year because you can Absolutely. see how with changing costs they could just get away from you and then all of a sudden yeah. you think you're earning money because you're charging you know but you're not even covering costs so that's a really smart mm -hmm. idea yeah. exactly and we'd like to do those little increment increases sure because course, if you rather wait than a big then there's a lot of light brought to that right, right? yeah very smart yeah. All right, Phil, you finish this yeah, up on this well, one. I, I appreciate the, the conversations that have been had very similarly uh, when, when COVID first hit. We moved as many things as possible outdoors, mm -hmm. uh, tried to be creative and really utilize our, our partnerships. You know, during the middle of uh, pandemics, not a great time to start making connections with <laughs> no. partners. And so luckily, <laughs> right? so luckily, uh, we have a really strong base of support both in our community, our nonprofit our yeah. business community, as well as our uh, governmental agencies, our school district, MOU. You know, they were forced to close down, uh, and oh, yeah. a lot of the, the groups that they worked with regularly, uh, they were not able to work with, but due to our strong relationship and the MOU that we had in place, we were able to continue uh, to do before and after school care, make sure that we were reaching out to the community. Uh, we did move a lot of our classes and activities outdoors. Um, you know, some of the things that we've continued to be able to do, you know, moving fitness classes outdoors. Um, we do a, you know, comedy night under the stars event, which is amazing oh, and it is seen um, you know capacity yeah. uh, at, at some of the events and so we've upped that for this this next year doing even more events um, any community partnerships that that we're able to to reach out to and continue to do particularly outdoors you know we we try to you know one of one of our staff really uh, will be talking about a little bit later today um, we have many conversations around how do you get to a yes? You know, Absolutely. how do you uh, move, you know, what you're trying to do forward to the betterment of the community? You know, revenue generating is very important, uh, but also community service is important. You want to be able to make sure that you're making those connections. And so our, our sports activities, as much as we're able to move outside and continue to be outside, has really done extremely well. And we're continuing to grow that program. Aquatics as well, um, due to some of the restrictions that were in place um, and having outdoor aquatic facilities being able to continue with that and continue to grow oh, wonderful. and um, you know trying to balance again unfortunately some of the um, recruitment issues that that a lot oh, of yeah. the agencies are seeing yeah. in the business community at large so it's it's always a balance yeah. well I, I tell you we've gotten some great tips on this one uh, you know this was a, a big question is how do we move forward and survive and how do we do the right thing 
but still not outprice so that the general public can engage in our departments. So great job, you guys. Thank you so much. And I think we're ready for our first poll question. Let's do it. Are you guys let's ready go for, for a poll it. question? All right, let's do this. We have uh, Jesse, our poll rock star today, that's going to launch that for you. So here's our first question. And remember that, you know, we come up with these questions, honestly, to get ideas. Um, it may not seem like it. It may seem unrelated. But honestly, all the show ideas oh, that we yeah. have come from poll questions and survey Absolutely. answers. So here's our first one. We would like to know what percentage of your budget is raised from department programs and event generated revenues? Is it zero to 10 percent, 11 to 20 percent, 21 to 30 percent, 31 to 40 percent, or more than 40 percent? So pick the answer that uh, that applies best to you there. And um, you know, I got to say, it's so interesting listening to the panel today. We started this whole show because when we talked to a lot of directors, they were saying. I feel disconnected. Like I'm That's going through right. all this stuff. I'm That's the only right. one going through this stuff, you know, and listening right. to you guys, it's just, you know, we keep hearing that, you know, I, I have a similar story or I have a, and that's what the show is really That's all right. about is to get people together and so that they know you're not in this alone and everybody's kind of going through the same thing. So, well, you know, what's great too, Emery, it is so critical that it's relevant and it's real time. Absolutely. So that's critical about the show. Absolutely. And that's why we did start it, like you said. They yeah. felt disconnected, but now we're really focusing in on that relevancy. We are. We are. And essential service, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to keep saying that to everybody. <laughs> we are essential. That's and right. And we all know that. Okay, so let's take a look. We're going to give you guys three, two, one, and we'll end that poll. And let's see what our top answer is. We'll share that out with you. Oh, wow, right. 21 to 30 percent, right wow. in the middle there. And um, interesting how it looks like about the same, say zero to 10, as say more than 40, and about the same amount, say 11 to 20, as as the ones that said 31 to 40 percent. But that 21 to 30 percent um, seems to be the biggest answer. So thank you so much. Uh, we'll have another poll question in just a minute. And Jody, I'm going to turn it back to you. Thank you, dear. All right, let's move to question two. We all know that park systems have been definitely increased in its usage, but also for outdoor facilities, trails, and open space. With that said, talk about your outdoor programming for inclusion. And Sarah, we're going to start with you. Yes, thank you, Jody. Um, so I really thought about this question and the role that our parks played through all of this. And I'm proud of us as staff because a few years ago, we really put an emphasis on our CIP, our Capital Improvement Plan. Oh, yeah. Just really looking at our existing infrastructures and planning for budget purposes, but then also when grant opportunities came available, what can we change out in these spaces to keep modernizing them and making them user-friendly for our public. So we had already started this trend. So when things got shut down and those park spaces become so valuable, they were really a great place to gather. We're a community made up of 78% Hispanic. Many of those are migrant families. We have a, a lot of apartments, so a lot of families that just don't have backyards, right, that they yeah. can just go to. Yeah. And so these park spaces for them serve their family gatherings, their parties, their ability to just go outside and run. So it's our job to make sure that those are good, usable, functioning spaces. Um, through these um, improvements or renovations that we've done in these different existing parks, it also gives us an opportunity to deal with our ADA stuff. Yeah. Um, because a lot of these parks are older mm -hmm. and the city does have a transition plan. So as we do things, that's also looked at. The CIP is looked at, so you can tell where I'm going, right? Oh, we yes. have this roadmap. Oh, yeah that helps guide us. Um, another thing, and I think Phil alluded to this, was we realized how valuable these spaces are, not just oh, for the residents, yeah. but for our programs. Mm -hmm. Like this was kind of untapped area. So being able to move the exercise classes out there, your paint classes, um, it really just gave us more. And I think people are a little more tolerant of the elements now and appreciate <laughs> yes. sitting under a tree more so than maybe we did before. Um, so parks to us are very important and I think that we have continued to do a good job just keeping a pulse on them and continuing to upgrade them. It's you know, I, Sarah, this whole delineation of pandemic has really had us really recalculate 
and reviewed our systems. I think we all know that. Yeah. And it's been a good gut check. Yes. And what you're describing is that gut check <laughs> and making sure that we go and check all the plans, but that we do go forward and a little bit different way at, at times. You know, we may recalibrate what we really put in that CIP or we need to reevaluate it and maybe put in something else that we didn't think about yeah. from the pandemic. All right, Phil, well, we're I, gonna hand it over to you. I appreciate that. I, I would echo a lot of the same sentiment. You know, the, the first and kind of the base piece that you always try to, to hit is that you need welcoming, inviting spaces where people know that they can go and, and recreate, enjoy time with family, connect with community. And so that's really, you know, the, the base point for us and, and ties to our, our core values as an agency. Uh, diversity, equity, and access is one of our five core values. And and Wonderful. with that, we tie that into everything from, uh, you know, developing the CIP to um, the, the construction process to the, the outreach and the programming and the staff that we hire. And we really want to make sure that that is, you know, true to, to everything that we do and that Excellent. members of the community understand the work that we do and that this is a space for them. And so we do that through our social media. We do that through our connections with communities and nonprofits. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we do a really great job. Uh, well, I should say my staff and my team do a really oh, yeah, great job. Oh, yeah, we know. It takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of connecting with community and really making sure they understand that we're here, what we do. I, I think the pandemic showed just how valuable, you know, we are yes. as, you know, uh, parks and recreation and the work that we're doing in the community. And so we've, we've used that, you know, one of the, the real bright spots of, yeah. of the pandemic. We've used that to our advantage and really tried to, um, you know, continue to push the conversation around the things that we do and how we can support, you know, the, the, the quality of life issues that community members are looking to enjoy in their community. And so uh, we've moved a lot of things outdoors. We've continued to do a lot of conservation mm -hmm. types of programming. So tying it into our, our camps, our after school programs. Uh, we do a, a walk with the rangers or so park rangers are out in the community Fun. and we'll uh, hand out you know, little sticker badges for everyone who's participating and talk about you know, not only our, our open spaces, but also even our developed parks that Absolutely. have natural assets that um, to the, the person that may be just you know, walking by may not appreciate and see the true value of what we do and, and what that space is. So uh, every way that we can help make those connections, we're, we're trying to make those connections. Well, you mentioned a park ranger, and uh, you know this program that you're doing. This is major yeah. because our park rangers are ambassadors. Yeah. I remember having seven park rangers out at any time with our system, and it was so great to hear them talk to children yes. and and engage them into our park system and explain about hey, this is how we need to take care of our parks because they're, they're your citizens exactly. and they're going to grow up and they're going to take care of and participate in those parks. So Future park stewards. Ranger, I, <laughs> I tell you what, you couldn't have picked a better group to do that. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. Steve, take yes. us home on this one. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, so we're fortunate in our district to have over five miles of uh, trails within our, uh, um, within, like I said, within our district. So one of the things that we really set out to do, especially after the pandemic, was to, you know, we talked about the outdoor programming, um, and we really wanted to tie in use of that trail. It runs across the entire district. Um, and so we're really proud that that entire trail is uh, ADA accessible. It's accessible by walking, by bicycle, equestrian, our area where we're located, um, uh, horses and, and, and that type of thing is a big deal. So we're really, really proud of that. Um, it's free to use. So one of the things, like I mentioned when the pandemic hit was, we partnered with a local uh, nonprofit organization called uh, Move Through Motivation, and they offer uh, exercise. And, and really, the goal is just get people out to, yeah. to exercise. So we partner with them to offer those types of services free of charge um, for the community. It's a drop-in on, on the weekends. And, and actually, during the pandemic, Wonderful. it was through the week just to get people out walking. Um, and again, it was free. So we're happy to, to do that for our community. Another. Uh, thing that we did um, that I was really proud of, this was actually before I got there, but um, when, I, when I came on board, we continued to implement it, was uh, especially in the heart of the pandemic, when, when kids were behind the computers all day, mm -hmm. we did a recess in the park. 
where they came out and our, our staff um, for about an hour just did fun and games for the kids and um, it was a very nominal fee. Yeah. yeah, it was a great program. I was super proud of the team hearing about that and um, nominal fee, but it was a, it was a big hit. A lot of kids just coming out. Just, parents wanting to get him out of the house, right? And just having a good time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a win-win for sure. Yeah. Everyone won on that one. Win-win for sure, yeah. So, um, but as Phil and Bull Sarah said, you know, we're working constantly now at what can we do outdoors. Yeah. Um, our contract classes. We have painting mm -hmm. in the in the park now for, for our seniors and some of our other uh, um, residents. So I, I think this pandemic brought up the importance of, of, of what we do yes. and um, we're just building off that and I think even post pandemic hopefully that's sooner than later we'll still continue to do those programs mm -hmm. so um, yeah we're constantly having that discussion as a team what can we do um, free of charge what can we do a nominal fee um, you know sometimes you have to charge for, for an sure. event you know um, or Absolutely. a service but uh, we try to be as as creative as possible and super like I said super proud of the team for for being um, creative and innovative and some of my favorite meetings with the team is when we have those brainstorming sessions of no, what can no we do kidding. and to hear everyone just throw ideas out and we implement them is, is really neat so so yeah just proud of proud of the team and uh, how our community has um, also given us feedback on those types of programs and, and what we can do so it's listening to them and um, just working together well you know it's it it just demonstrates the these three departments are some of the best in the country. And the bottom line is, it's parks for all. Yeah. It, it's parks for all, engagement from the local level on up. And you know, really, it's the citizens' parks. We all know that, right? Yep. I mean, we're just there to minister Absolutely. and help it along and do the right thing. But really, it's our citizens' parks. Yep. Thank you so much you. for sharing, all of you. All right, Anne-Marie, right, we've got another ready? poll question. We do. We have our second poll question. We'll go ahead and launch that. All right, so we talked a little bit about percentages. Let's mm -hmm. uh, just, we'd like to take a pulse on how your department is doing on programming and event gener generated revenues um, in regards to the pandemic. So have they returned to pre-pandemic levels? Yes, um, they're the same. Um, yes, we're exceeding pre-pandemic, or no, we're not quite there yet. Um, so really easy one to answer, um, just three questions there. And while you guys are voting, Jody, I, I keep thinking about, you know, I've said this before, um, but it is so interesting to me. You know, we have people that watch the show, not just from Park and Rec, but from other industries too, That's that right. are interested in learning from you guys. And, you know, one of the things that, that we keep seeing on people's polls and, um, and you know, on the, the surveys that they fill out is, People are getting a real understanding of what you guys do and what parks do. Yes. And, you know, I think that for most people, they think of the park as the space, right? The park mm -hmm. is the green space. They don't think of all the work that goes into that and all the programming that you guys are doing. And especially during, you know, the pandemic when we had parks stepping up to make sure that seniors had activities so that they weren't homebound. And, you know, kids who all of a sudden aren't going to school and aren't getting those meals that are associated with school are getting That's those right. meals. We've had parks that have done food drives and they're feeding kids and they're doing all these things and we keep hearing, you know, wow, I had no idea that all the things that parks do. It's just, it's incredible. So love being able to bring that knowledge oh. to everybody. Well, you know what's so major about it, if you think about it, and I, I we've mentioned this, yeah. is the two entities that affect children and families the most. Yes. People by survey and by research are schools and parks. Yeah. People don't realize we're the two engagement centers. That's we're right. the two gathering safe havens for That's our right. children. Essential and, services. That's right. And we're going to keep, <laughs> essential keep saying that, everyone. Services. That's right. Absolutely. So, okay, we've given you some time. Let's go ahead and end that poll in three, two, one, and let's take a look at the answers here. Right. Well, that's not unexpected. No, we have not reached pre-pandemic levels. Honestly, we're just kind of coming out of it. Um, really interesting to see, though, that 25% of you are exceeding pre-pandemic as opposed um, to 17% who are just about the same. Um, so that's pretty exciting news. Oh, my gosh, um, but yes. Yeah, 58% oh. have not reached those levels yet, and that's, that's really not a surprise. So, all right, Jody, let's take it back to you and do that third question. Okay, here we go. Okay, panelists. God, I feel like I'm running a game show or something, <laughs> you know? We need a buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. 
Well, you know what? We're all winners, and we're going to be winners, and our communities are winners. But you know what? Here we go. Question number three. We have discussed programming for inclusion, uh, inclusive programs and events that have gen generated revenues for your department. Now, let's talk about how these programs and events are part of your econo um, economic development of your community as a whole, because we are definitely a major element of economic development. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it to, to you, Phil. It's your turn to go first. Thank Here we go. Much. I appreciate that. So similar to Steve, uh, the Casemna CSD is a uh, special district. Yes. So we are a, a standalone government agency. We work very closely with the city of Elk Grove, which is within the footprint of our service area, uh, their economic development team. Uh, additionally, we work very closely with our um, DMO, a destination marketing organization, Explore Elk Grove. Uh, okay. actually sit on the the board of directors and um, we talk a lot about the value of uh, parks and recreation both in kind of the um, the public quality of life space but yeah. also the um, you know the recruitment of business the retention of business uh, we work really closely on events and, and uh, ecotourism mm -hmm. and all those things that really are core to the values and, and the things that we do in parks and recreation um, you know obviously you know sporting and sports tourism oh, yeah. is, is a big business for Absolutely. us. And so, you know, recruitment of, uh, of tournaments and, and getting people to come and stay and spend money within the footprint of our service area is core to what we do and to continue to build, you know, a place where people want to live and that businesses will want to relocate. And so we have a lot of conversations with our community partners around, you know, how can we do better? What are the next steps? How we can be strategic in the way that we're outreaching and, and doing the work that we're doing and how we can be a partner and what that looks like. And so we are very fortunate to have great community partners, uh, both uh, governmentally as well as in the nonprofit and business community. Excellent. And you know, just like, and many of you do set on those type of special boards that do feed into the economic development, but you need to be at the table. If you're not at the table, you need to be at the table. So listen to Phil's advice here. He's, he's in the midst of it. All right, Steve, let's turn it to you. Yeah, so at JCSD, our entire district, we provide water, sewer, and parks and recreation. So that's a little unique. Um, but our entire district serves the cities of Harupa Valley and Eastvale. But our park district serves primarily the city of Eastvale. So when we look at the economic development, we do have a close relationship with the city and their economic development team. Um, but I'll just give an example of, of an event that we have that I really think drives um, economic um, activity within Eastville. So we have a special event offered. It's called Picnic in the Park. We've been offering it for, for several years. Mm -hmm. um, it's now to the point, it's a three-day, basically a three-day carnival, if you will, um, where I think over a three-day period, what my, I didn't experience it last year because we didn't have it because of uh, uh, the pandemic, but pre-pandemic, probably over a three-day period, 20 to 25,000 people in a park. I mean, it's a, it is wow. a monster wow. event. Wow, that's and that just, is I've seen pictures and the pictures just blow me away. And so we're actually planning for that. It's in, held uh, the week before 4th of July every year. Um, but at this, you know, just taking that event, for example, um, we have a, it, it's become a regional um, yeah. attraction. So you have people coming from out of, out of our city to come in, you know, they're buying gas, they're, uh, they're buying food maybe after the event. They're also helping the vendors within the, in the special event um, area to, you know, small local businesses. So they're Absolutely. driving the economic uh, stimulus that way, if you will. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, 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 not only that, I think it puts our, our city, our district on the map. People come in and say, yeah, Eastville has, you know, this, uh, this, this wonderful event. I mean, it's, our team's done an outstanding job in the past marketing it to the point now where it's like almost too big. You hear yeah. picnic in the park, you figure, you know, some families that know this is a monster. <laughs> There's only so much ground space. <laughs> exactly. And crowd movement. <laughs> exactly. It's a good problem to have. In fact, we're working through that now. Is it getting too big for this park? Do we need to look at other areas? So everything's on the table. But it's just a prime example of, um, 
like I said, people coming into the city, um, patronizing, you know, the restaurants, whatever it may be. Right. Hopefully they're, you know, purchasing stuff within the event, um, getting gas, all that stuff. So it really drives the development. So I was just going to give an example of that. But a lot of what we do on a, on a daily basis uh, helps that. We have a lot of partnerships with the, the Chamber of Commerce um, and, and a lot of businesses there to provide services. And um, we just recently created a community partners committee, which is comprised of nonprofits oh, and businesses within the community, over 25 in the community. So we're getting everyone into the table and talking about how we can help oh, better serve great. our residents, which helps drive the economy as well so yeah it's very unique but I think that event um, is a good example of, of, of what we do and how it helps the city overall. It's great. You know we run so many stadiums and we run so many events in our in our park systems and we're kind of the community gatherer yeah. and organizer in so many ways. I remember running a Firefall that was 75,000 people and I really didn't want to think about it too long <laughs> as director of parks because you're like Wow, that's yeah. a lot of people yeah. in a park space. But, but Steve you know, brings up such a great point, too, because think about how restaurants have suffered so much during the pandemic and so many businesses. And so being able to bring those people all together, and it helps those businesses as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's really exciting. It so. is exciting. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. All right, Sarah. All right. Finish well, I'm going to sound like the broken record here, but the partnerships. <laughs> that's right? okay. If yeah. you're not sitting at the table with the big players in town, and for us, that's our school district, who you know, does everything that's great for their students. Our chamber who are there for the businesses, the city who are there for the public. All of us have this common vision and do a lot of partnered events to extend our services beyond what we could just do as a community services department. Um, a benefit for being in a small town are the department heads are meeting on a regular basis. You know, we do a lot of joint things with our police department. Oh, yes. Um, community development. We have a meeting once a week to talk about that. So we all come together and that just makes us a stronger team and I right. feel one of the benefits of being a smaller department is you're able to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, there's also a couple of jewels in Reedley. So we have a junior college with dorms. Wonderful. So that's a unique um, thing for us. We also have a hospital and then community services oversees our airport, municipal airport. So I actually serve as the airport manager. Wow. So all of those things. <laughs> okay, the small I know. Town, I read this right? in her bio and she's running airport okay airport. folks we can do just about anything okay give us a challenge and we will make it happen back to you and so all of those things are little jewels that we really highlight right because that makes us unique and special sure. um, I would be remiss if I didn't just praise our council and our boards um, they really support parks and rec and that's important yeah. oh yes absolutely support, you can't do anything and and they have given us a well-balanced community we have the intervention we know that's important, but we also have the parks and rec, and I think that that just makes us stronger and more appeasing to people that are coming in to look. Yes, we have safety under control, but look at these beautiful parks. Absolutely. Because I know as a mother, when we would take our kids out of town, it's like, where's the nearest park, right? These kids need to get out and run. <laughs> exactly. And that's important for families. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I just have to make this comment. Um, parks directors, a lot of parks directors are selected to basically be assistant city or deputy city managers. Why? It's because of the diversity of what we work with Absolutely. and deal with. So yeah. I, I want to compliment you all because you could run a, a huge amount of multiplicities of departments and what we deal with every day, and we know that. But I, I got to tell you, hand to you, Three top departments could not be better to have on the show to answer that economic development question. Absolutely. Thank you all. Oh my gosh, we are at our favorite time. It's our favorite time. We absolutely love this. So you Here guys we go. know um, at every show we ask our guests to recognize somebody in their department who has been instrumental in helping with whatever 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 needs done there's always a, a wonderful opportunity here to recognize a standout and so um, we call this good news in parks about great people um, thank you to play car and game time for sponsoring this because it's, it's honestly oh. one of our favorite things of the show it's so heartfelt Absolutely. so um, Sarah we're gonna let you get started oh, tell us about Jody okay so when
when I was asked this question, you know, I think about as a mom when people ask me, who's your favorite kid, mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh my gosh, how do I choose? <laughs> right. right. And I have true. Been, yes, I've been blessed with just an amazing team and individuals that just have different strengths, right? And we all support each other. But really thinking back to the last two years and just in my heart, the employee who has really had to be creative and overcome boundaries would be our senior coordinator, sure. Jody Batello. Um, and so I hired her because of her personality, her love for the seniors, her relationship with them. And, and she had started in November and was really just starting to get her rhythm and then things shut down, right? <laughs> starting to build those relationships. And so figuring out what the role is for a senior coordinator during this time, um, she really became the counselor. Our senior line, she was calling the seniors. She was checking in on them. She partnered with a church and was taking goodie bags to them. Um, she became our actress on Facebook Live. Um, oh my God! Yes, Love it. and she was doing cooking classes. She would drop off the ingredients. All of our ceremonies turned into virtual. We really took the attitude instead of canceling things, how do we modify things? And right. so we did a lot of drive-through events. She did bingo outside. Um, just really continued to foster and be a support to the seniors, foster right. the relationships. Um, now that we're open, open again, our participants participation is more than we've seen, right? Oh, wow. And I think a lot of that, I know it is, contributed to just the effort she put in, figuring out what her role was, how could that look different, continue her strength, which is the relationship piece, right. and just really thrive as we open back up. So I appreciate Jody and just the creativity and really the braveness that came with this. Yeah. I mean, being live, yeah. we have the jitters, right? Sure. But to do this on a regular basis, <laughs> And it was really cute. It touched my heart. You'd see the seniors talking through Facebook Live. You know what I mean? Like great? they're talking to each other. Yeah. Right? And so, anyways, Aww. I appreciate Jody. What a Batello. great connection. That is so cool. Is she here today? She is here today. Awesome. She's well, let's, there. Jody, let's get her hand. Woo! <laughs> and you know how many people talk about senior programming that give it. us information I about that? And this is a perfect example of Absolutely. who to contact yes, to for get more that information. senior contact. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's that is, great. That is, that is a talent to make those seniors feel connected and welcome, especially when they're not always you know, familiar with the electronic tools that we've all had to learn to rely on. And they're just kind of going, wait, oh, what? Oh, man. <laughs> so that's, right. that's totally awesome. Yeah. All right, Phil, you're next. Tell us about Elizabeth. Excellent. Well, uh, again, similarly, it's very difficult. We have a great team. Of course. Uh, to select just one individual. But uh, the, the person that I did select uh, is Elizabeth Rohn, who works in our uh, equitable partnership team. Uh, she is a recreation coordinator, but was recently um, selected to fill an interim role as a recreation supervisor for that division. And so uh, what the Equitable Partnership Team does is they make connections with uh, the business community, with nonprofit communities. Uh, they are really an ambassador of everything that we do, both uh, internally, connecting all the pieces, uh, as well as externally, making sure that folks know that we're there and, and how can we partner and how can we get to a yes? How can we make sure that we're providing services for our community members, uh, that we're doing that outreach to community That's members that are great. underserved and make sure that they are connected. And she does it all with a smile and she works evenings and <laughs> mornings and weekends and um, every conversation that I have with her, I get energized about the work that we're doing and know that we're that much better because she is representing what we're doing out Absolutely. in the community. You know, some of the things that she's really tied closely to is uh, working with our indigenous peoples, uh, making sure that their voice is represented and the things Absolutely. that we're doing, that we are stewards of the, the land to which right. has always been here, to yeah. which they are stewards of, and we want to make sure that we are um, making those connections and to make sure that, you know, it's 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 talked about and then folks know that, you know, the Parks and Recreation System is a place for everyone. Uh, we worked very closely when uh, the pandemic hit to have our outdoor spaces as utilized as possible. And so uh, she worked with our local Muslim communities to have uh, services outdoor in our parks. Mm -hmm. uh, she works with our um, Pacific Islander communities oh to uh, have cultural events and to have them come in and provide the services that they can provide 
uh, which are you know through our recreation programming. So teaching you know dance classes, uh, teaching you know historical classes on wow. uh, the value yeah, of their culture and the community. Oh, and so all God. of that goes yeah. through that small group of folks. Wow. And Elizabeth is just a, a catalyst for that work, and so Aww. I'm so excited for what we will accomplish, and so thankful that we have her on our team. That's awesome. Is she Man. here today, by chance? She is. Yes. Okay. Yay. Oh. Steve, your turn. Tell us about Travis. Yes, so Travis doesn't know uh, he's actually uh, being recognized <laughs> this afternoon, but he is here. But, um, first and foremost, um, much like the other panelists said, I, at first I was like, you know, I'm going to have the whole team. I was like, no, we got to, because that's what we're about, the team, right? It's like, okay, I got I to gotta find someone. And, and it was just, it was difficult um, to do so because we have so many outstanding team members. But Travis is our park superintendent. And first and foremost, I'm recognizing him because he has to put up with me on a daily basis. <laughs> um, he, he, he does an excellent job. He's worked his way up through uh, our department, um, started as a foreman, um, went to a supervisor, and then became, uh, recently became our park superintendent. So he's responsible for overseeing our 15 the maintenance of 15 parks, uh, three facilities. We have a 30,000 square foot community center. We just opened a new, uh, uh, it's called the Desi House, um, is the uh, childhood home of Desi Arnez. Um, so we're, we're, he, he, he was served as a project manager for that. So he's really become a jack of all trades. And I know coming up through the uh, maintenance field, um, having all that experience, but now coming to the administra administrative side of things, can be a little bit of a challenge, especially when he's working with me. Um, but he's done a heck of a job. And the thing I, I really admire most about Travis is whatever I ask for him to do or anyone in the district, he'll do it. He's just, he's a team guy. It's nothing's uh, uh, above him or below him. It's whatever we need to do. And that's kind of the culture we're trying to create. And he's done a heck of a job with, with our team, uh, our maintenance staff. We have about 20 uh, maintenance staff that he's responsible for, for managing. And they all look up to him and they all admire him. And I, I, I envy that. And it's like, wow, I want to be, I want my staff to look at me that way because they'll, they'll, they'll do anything for him. So um, can't say enough good things about Travis. He's just a team guy to the end. Uh, fun to be around, always smiling. A um, lot of energy. So just someone you love to work with. So That's he is awesome. here today. And He's I know Travis is here today. Let's see Probably saying, why are they cheering for me? But I'm sure <laughs> no, he's awesome. So all right, you. that's great. Do we have any audience questions at all, or no? All right, Jody, I think you had a question for I, our team. I, I do. Yeah. And you know, we're human. <laughs> With that said, how are you all staying motivated? not only to drive through the pandemic, but to continue with the pandemic. But how are you motivating yourself and your staff and any one of you? Just chime in. Mm, I think it's a challenge, right? That's part yeah. of what we do is overcoming challenges, looking at things differently, pushing reset and being um, successful at it just continues to drive you, right? As you try something and it works, you're like, well, now I want to do something else. And wow, we can do this and it's working. And so I think some of it was just continuing to push forward, right? Mm -hmm. And there were times where you're like a little overwhelmed and you're, okay, are we heading in the right path? Yeah, we are. And you need that kind of reassurance. But for me, it was really just the drive to continue to serve the community. And, and what did that look like for us and just opening our minds to doing it differently, but yeah. still doing it. Very, well, it's just good to hear because it's a reality yeah. that we've all lived with. But anybody else? Uh, I would say my, my staff have really been a motivation for me when the pandemic hit. Uh, we, you know, are, Thankfully, through our board of directors and our general manager, made a decision not to cut any full-time positions. Oh, so no matter what we did, that was going to be, you know, the the rock. That that was going to be where we stood. And so, uh, looking at how we continue to provide services, relocating people into different areas where we were not able to generate revenue in certain areas, but our golf course, as an example, exploded. Uh, we made, you know, probably 40, 50 percent above what we were anticipating to make wow. uh, in that first year. And so we had, you know, coordinators, we had uh, admin assistants that were moving into different roles. Uh, we did a little bit of a hiring freeze in order to make sure that, um, you know, we 
if we had a position that needed to be filled, we filled it internally first, not, again, to make sure that we took care of our people who take care of us and take care of the community. Uh, and so the, the energy and the commitment that they continue to have throughout the process was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, they, uh, you know, hey, what do you need me to do? Great, I can do that. I will be out on the pool deck lifeguarding. Uh, you know, we had folks that got lifeguard certifications that did not have them before the pandemic, wow. just so that we could save money as a district, which, I mean, is, is absolutely amazing. And so, uh, you know, that energy and that commitment that they have to the work that they're doing is, is really, you know, exciting to me. And how can I, you know, not do my part? And, you know, I don't want to let them down in any yeah. of the work that we're doing. And so that's, that's really been a, a true driver for me. Total team effort. Oh, completely. Total team yes. effort. And you learn people can do amazing things. Yes. Yeah. And you, they just need an opportunity. Yeah. And really, the pandemic pushed us into those new opportunities. Steve, what do yeah, you think? Yeah, so, so real quick, my, my team had a little extra challenge, too, during the pandemic because I came on board in September of, of 2020. So not only wow. were they dealing with the pandemic and all the stressors and everything that that comes along with, but now they have new leadership coming in. And so it was really evident early on and it was a challenge because we wanted to make sure that we're making strides with uh, programming and services but at the same time I'm trying to build those relationships with the team they're trying to learn my style and vice versa so interesting really tried to, to keep an extra uh, eye on how, how to motivate staff making sure that they're achieving that work-life balance everyone talks about and and we just it's, it's challenging like like both have said um, but for me it was just at the end of the day we're here to serve the community um, but if we don't take care of the people, we're not able to serve the community. So we had a, exactly. our GM, a general manager of our district, is, is very much a people person, very much puts an emphasis on family and, and taking care of the team. And um, I was fortunate to come from an organization, City of Temple City, when I moved, who took, did a very good job taking care of the staff in the beginning stages of the uh, uh, pandemic until I left. It was outstanding. It was all about the, the, the people and staying healthy and that type of thing. So coming to another organization that did the same, that transition was seamless. But now I'm in a position where I'm affecting change more than my previous organization as a director. So it was a little extra pressure on myself to try to figure things out and, and realize, yeah, we got to get all this stuff done, but everyone's dealing with stuff at home and that we don't even know about. So it was just, you know, like you hear the term unprecedented and everything we went through, um, but really talked about taking care of the team first, listening, and then uh, serving the community. So uh, it was definitely a challenge and a balance, but I can't emphasize enough how great of a job our team did. And um, now we're kind of back to reality of almost doing things full bore. We're like, exactly. whoa, wait, can we slow down a little bit? <laughs> you know, and we can't. So it's, it's just something we're always going to look at. But thankfully, at the top of our organization, our, our leader of the organization has that same mindset. So it, it trickles down. You know, it's interesting to hear you of a director coming in during the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Now that there's a challenge. That would be a challenge. <laughs> yeah. You know, all of a sudden you're trying to bring everybody together. Yeah. And that is pretty unique. And yeah. luckily, you know, you've been with organizations for a while and you could basically manage a new people's personalities, but you definitely. Yeah, especially first time director too. I'm trying to navigate things, right? Wow. And, uh, what is it, fake it till you make it? That was it for the first couple months. <laughs> well, you obviously have done a great job yeah, and you. it's gone well and your department's doing fantastic. Yes, thank you. So it's wonderful. Well, thank you all so much for, for answering some of these questions because we are human and we need to share that and share our, our hearts and our souls with, with our fellow colleagues out there. Yeah. I'm gonna turn it back to you. I mean, anything, I, again, I'm just blown away by our panel. Oh and you, you my gosh. About, I am blown away, I wanna say by this industry. I mean, I, I think that you hear now all the things that a lot of people are considering sort of now problems and in, in, in the buzzwords yes. and you know think about like DEI it's not new these people the whole park and rec industry has been dealing with it fairly for years and trying to think of ways their their customers are everybody the entire community absolutely all ages absolutely. all races all religions everybody and so being able to serve that way and you know dealing with budget shortfalls and and you know people shortfalls and so to those of you who are watching from outside of this industry yeah. I know why you're watching because this is just an amazing group of people to learn from. It's, it's just, it blows me away every time, every week. Every and Marie, month. I, I'm telling you, I want to share. You know, we 
talk a lot about us as practitioners, yeah. okay? Yeah. But I need to say to our folks, think about what the, the industry has gone through that supports us, that we depend on to give us equipment and work with us and develop our capital improvement plans and think about all that. They've got yeah. it out, and they, they made have. it, and we have made it, and, done and we're going to, and we're going to keep getting better. But the supply chain, we're defying all odds. <laughs> right. So yeah. we're going to do everything we can to keep our industry strong and keep it running as Absolutely. best we can. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you all very much for joining us. Thank you to our panel. We know yeah. that you know you come to these shows, you have a finite amount of time. Great job. Thank you for being here and sharing your knowledge with us. And Dynamos. thank you, everybody. We will be back in our box. Uh, next month on Zoom. But we want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to join us and learn from this amazing industry. We'll see you next time.